What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of OT Takes, Overtime Takes, whatever you really want to call it. I'm here once again with not only the great Zach Gray, but another great guest that I'm going to let Zach introduce to y'all. It is a great day to do a podcast, isn't it, Jonathan? It always is. It's even better. We have our first guest on the show, a near and dear friend to me, um, someone with, with Arkansas Ties family relation. I have Reed Mouse with me today. Reed, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. You know, last night me and Zach were uh, were nursing some beers, and he gave me the opportunity. He brought up this opportunity to to come on this podcast, and you know, opportunities like this you get maybe two, three times in your lifetime, and you you just can't you just can't pass it up. So I'm I'm glad to be on here today. We're glad to have you. I mean, you definitely can't pass up the opportunity to be on the greatest podcast ever. Like this is just this is fantastic. I'm really excited. Zach has told me a lot about your opinions on baseball and kind of where you stand with the players and the owners and everything. So just kind of give us an overall rundown of what you think of the way that baseball is looking right now. So, yeah, baseball's in a, a hairy situation, to say the least. It's just like everything in the world is right now. But there's this they're obviously having ongoing talks about how they can get this season done. And there's a lot of varying opinions out there. You know, um, another, my, my dad who, who coached Zach growing up and Zach, Zach's very, a, a good fan of my dad, big fan of my dad. He constantly says that if they don't get this season done this year, that my dad will never watch baseball again. And there's a lot, there's a lot of that going around the baseball world. And I think that's a terrible <laughs> take to say the least, because basically my rundown is, is that you've got to support the employees in this scenario, and it seems like people are more siding with the with the employers, and I'm saying the billionaires versus millionaires debate. More people are siding with the billionaires than they are with the millionaires. And the simple fact of the matter is, is baseball has guaranteed contracts. They could sit out this entire year, and they could make every single dime on their contract. But people want to make a deal, and it seems like the owners are constantly every deal is hurting the players more and more. And basically, I, I, it's, it's got to go down to what the players need. You've got to take care of the employees before everything else happens. Agreed, 100%. But, Reed, what do you think about, Reed, what do you think about the, the people that say um, uh, that they're going to be making millions of dollars, they're not going to struggle? Like, they should just shut up and play and take whatever they can get. What do you say to those people? Well, it's to those people, it's tough because I actually saw a thing. So, like the the constant thing is it's millionaires versus billionaires thing. I bet you, and I have no, I have no way of looking this up. I bet you that about one fifth of Major League Baseball players are actually millionaires. Like, actually, yes, their I net agree. worth yes, is over a million dollars. Like, I bet you that that is a very small minority. Not a small minority, but. A good chunk are not. You know, obviously, what we what you know about baseball is it takes six years to play in the league before you get a big contract. You gotta make it Definitely. six years. But for those people that that say shut up and play, no, this is their this is their livelihood, and you know, like I said, they could do nothing, and they're guaranteed their money. But to to think that they and they want to play, but they want to do it that's fair to them. And everything that the owners have put out is not fair to them. So to those people that are saying, hey, 
shut up and play, that's that's the wrong thing. I mean, if someone, if if, if you have a job that you you are very passionate about, that that you really truly believe in, and like this podcast, someone in, and your boss is telling you to say, hey, you got to come back, and you're going to get paid one fifth of what you normally make. You would tell that that that, that boss. To screw off, like you would tell me, hey, yeah, get get the heck out of here. Even if you do, are very passionate about the game, and I think one 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 nuance of this argument that that comes about is what do the players owe the fans? And that's where it gets kind of tricky. I mean, we we know where I stand with the players versus the owners, but where do what do the players owe the fans? And that's an honest conversation that I think is more intriguing than than them just saying. Hey, you gotta play. Like it's baseball. You're making a million dollars to play baseball. You should go play. It's like no, I was Mike Trout's guaranteed thirty five million dollars this year, and the new prorated contract that came out said he's gonna make like six or seven. Like, that's stupid. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I think the interesting take now that you brought it up. I mean, we do pay. Uh, when I say we, I mean us fans. We do pay for tickets. I feel like I feel like fans are. Um, have a have a unique voice in all of this, right? Because uh, is there going to be fans? Is there not going to be fans? So uh, when we look at like ticket sales and stuff, we we know that that ticket sales are a big majority of of how a team makes money. Um, so when you think about it from a fan's perspective, it's like, man, I just want to see you guys play. I give money to you guys to to come watch you play. Would you guys just get on the field? You know. Um, so I think that is an interesting conversation to have. It definitely is. Uh, to go back on your point about not every major league player making you know millions and millions and millions of dollars, I was scrolling through the the Twitterverse yesterday and came across a stat that said only sixty five percent of major league baseball players have a contract into the the seven figures. Which you know after taxes and everything, I'm assuming maybe half of them actually take home the uh, seven figures. And I think that you know talking about the fans. I think not only is this a great time, you know, to keep fans because, you know, like you said, you know, your dad's thinking about walking away if they don't play this year. But, you know, if they can start back before, you know, the NBA, then this is a great opportunity. Like they're going to be the only sport on TV and people are dying for sports right now. You know, they had six million people watch Tom Brady and Peyton Manning play golf. So I guarantee you people are going to sit down and watch baseball. So this is also a great opportunity to grow the game. So that's why that's what I think that they need to get back sooner rather than later knowing baseball they'll fumble the bag though they probably will (laughs) the thing about baseball and i brought this up last night is it is the it has the strongest union and i mean like seriously out of all the unions in the united states it is one of the strongest like including teachers truckers stuff like that they have a very strong union because players have the majority and that's where this is really interesting because the players hold almost all of the bargaining chips right now. Because like I said, they are guaranteed contracts. They will get paid their money this year. But like I said, they gotta they owe something to the fans. They owe something to the players. And I think where we start talking about what is fair, what the owners just put out is, isn't fair. The pro-rated contracts, that's not fair at all. What I think is, is fair for the players, and I think that a lot of them would agree on this, is that you're playing half the season. We'll just make it square, straight down the middle. You're getting paid half your contract. And I know that it doesn't make sense because there might not be fans in the stadium. They're obviously uh, – owners are going to take a huge cut. But at the same time, 
That's their business and their business owners, and they have risk associated with that. Our, our good friend Jacob Stewart brought this up, that they are owners, they have risk, and they've got to accept those risks. They have, in, in my eyes, the owners have very little bargaining chips because they have to make some money this year because they're going to have to pay the players. So if they want to get anything done, if, if there's not a season – I think it truly comes down to the owners unwilling to to meet the players' demands, and if the and if the players are still gonna gonna bargain for that, they should get their full contracts. Which I think there is actually something that came out today about how they're not gonna they're not gonna propose any any cuts. Then 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 it becomes on the players because I think we've got to meet somewhere that's fair. You've got to look at the situation and say, hey, something's going on here. That obviously. Yeah, you're guaranteed money, but you owe the fans a little bit of something. And we want to get you on the field. We have to keep the sport going. We have to to grow the brand of the sport. And we have to meet somewhere in the middle. And somewhere in the middle is quite literally in the middle. Half the half the season, half the pay, in my opinion. I think that's that's a fair take. I, I like that. Um, so I was thinking about this last night. I want to run this idea by y'all. So let's say that they end up coming to, to the 50-50 split. What I think that they should do is so like Mike Trout's supposed to make thirty-five million this year. Let's say he ends up making seventeen and a half. It, I think that they should find a way to modify their contracts to where he gets his remaining seventeen and a half million that he didn't make this year spread out over the remaining years of his contract, and just do that for every player. Because look, man, like seventeen and a half million dollars—that's a lot of money that I'm sure he doesn't want to miss out on. I like that. Uh, I actually, I, I, that is that is friendly to the player, and it's fair. Like it, like I keep harping on, they're guaranteed contracts. It's not the NFL or even the NBA where not everything's guaranteed. The NFL has, I think, terrible contract structures. But yeah, they're bad. Yeah, yeah they're to, bad. To to push that out and you know lengthen it across the year. And the thing that where it gets kind of hairy is what about the people that aren't on contracts? You know, like like a like I said, it's six years before you become a free agent. So your first three years, you get your contract renewed. That's just straight up what happens. Like they just take your thing and they can renew your contract for for what you they paid you last year. Then the three years after that, you go to arbitration, which is just mediation about what you which think. Which is normally unfair, unfair for the players. Yeah, but both are both are unfair and, and they will get changed at some point. But then the so. I'd say probably, and I'm throwing numbers out there out of my butt, but 75% are probably not past their six-year mark, if not more. And what do you do about those players? Like Blake Snell is Cy Young winner last year. He's making under a million dollars this year. And that's crazy. It is, and that's and that's nothing to do with coronavirus or or this this holdout that they're currently having. It's more about the structure that the MLB had beforehand. But I guess I guess you could still do the same thing. It's just you you that million that five hundred thousand dollars. You take half this year, and then the five hundred thousand dollars can be sprinkled into next year. And knowing five hundred thousand to MLB owners, they'll just be like, all right, you can just have it next year. Just tack it on to next year's once we're back up and running. But I actually really, really, really like that idea of of spreading it out. Yeah, so you said something about owners and how uh, it's their business and they assume risk. Um, and, and along that same line of what Jacob was saying, uh, that's how they justify 
all the money they make, right? Like they they have a big risk when they take on a team, and so um, they deserve all the money they get. So when things happen on the reverse and, and bad things happen and negative risk comes in, you still have to hold up your end of the bargain as well. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's that that's that's the idea. I mean, I think a lot of times that we we forget that these are businesses. They're not they're not just representing a city. They're not just representing a fan base, but they are quite literally businesses, and they should be run like other businesses. And in this case, when you're the owner, bad things happen, and that's just the way it is. And you've got to assume the risk. Do you think we'll see a season? If you had to bet right now, both of you, do you think we'll see a season? A hundred percent. I think. I think that at some point they will, they will um, figure out some way to make it happen. And and I think it's going to be a, an eighty-two game season, like they keep proposing. I think they'll figure it out in the next month, especially when you know the NHL has already has has already made their plans. I think the NBA is pretty close behind that once these states all give them the okay, we're going to see some ball games. And I'm excited. And I think the rest of the world is. You know, there's nothing like sitting around eating dinner and just the ball games on. Oh, I forgot we have two Cubs fans on this right now. I'm I'm two against one right now. Oh, you're a Cubs fan, Reed? Dude, you're. I forgot about that. This is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a diehard Cubs fan. I was actually scrolling through Twitter today, and I, you want to talk about how how many things would just slip your mind. I forgot that Jason Kipnis is a Cub now. I was just scrolling through Twitter, and he, he put something yeah, out about getting back to Wrigley. Now, Reed, I have a quick question for you. Sorry, Jonathan, real quick. You're this good, is going to be fun. Can you, na- can you name the 2008 starting lineup for the Cubs? I can. Jonathan Smith so attempted. And- there is pressure. Jonathan Smith attempted last one time, and he he actually got it almost a hundred percent. Do you think you can name the two thousand eight roster? What do you mean almost? Just I, I, I did get a hundred percent. Can I? Can I? Okay. I don't have to name okay. the actual lineup. I can just name the players and what position they played. Yes. Yeah. Do you think you can do that? Yeah. I mean, there might be some misses, but uh, Michael Barrett, Derek Lee, Aramis Ramirez. Ryan Terrio, second base is tough. I think I'm gonna go with Mike Fontenot. He he was on the team, um, but he Afonso Soriano. Afonso Soriano was it Todd Walker that year in 2008? Uh, Mark Rosa played second base that year. Oh, he did. Okay. Um, Yikes. Afonso Soriano. Who were the other outfielders? Kosuke Fukudome. Yes. <laughs> and. This is the ah, hard one. Shoot. Yeah, the, the center fielder was tough for me. I ended up getting it. It just it took me a couple minutes. I'll give it's me not a Corey Patterson. I'll Corey Patterson would have been gone there by then, right? You said who? Yeah, not Corey Patterson. But I'll not give Corey Patterson. 3.14 is your hit. Three point. Felix Pye? Yeah. Yep. PA? That's him. Um, the, That's him. Start, the starting pitchers were what? Zambrano. Big Z was the ace. That's that's all I remember, in, in in terms of pitching. Maddox was still there, or was he at the Padres at this point? I think he was gone. 
Uh, what about a Ted Lilly? <laughs> yes, he, he'd have been there. Would Kerry Wood have been there? Kerry Wood was a reliever. That's right. He closed that year. Is there a worse pit? Is there a worse manager when it comes to arms than Dusty Baker? <laughs> D- Dusty Baker went and ruined, went and ruined Mark Pryor and Kerry Wood. Then 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 turned it around. <laughs> ruined. Uh, who, did, who did he ruin for the Reds? Homer? I don't know everyone pretty much, but I just know that Logan Andrusic threw about every single game when Dusty Baker Baker was the manager. Him and Sam LeCure would pitch in 162. <laughs> I like I like Dusty Baker to a fault. My man my man's got a bad rap. So Dusty Baker in 2002 took the Giants to game 7 of the World Series. They went to game 7 and they lost and he got fired. He then went to um Chicago and the next year took them to game seven of the NLCS. Three years after that, he got fired. He then went to the Reds and his final two years. What? He turned the Reds around. Like, yeah. And then his final, his final two years with the Reds, he made the postseason. And then he went to the nationals for two years and made the postseason both those two years. And there is a sense that he hasn't gotten it done in the postseason, but He's got a bad rep so far. No, I totally agree. I didn't ever want Dusty to be fired from the Reds. Like, you know this. I'm a big Dusty guy. I think that Dusty Baker is infinitely better than Brian Price or David Bell at this point. See, I think it's too soon to see about David Bell. David Bell, I think I think he's he's got the spirit. Cincinnati boy. Yeah, you gotta you gotta give him a, a fair shot. And this year is his shot. This year's his chance. The Astros went out and hired Dusty Baker, didn't they? Yeah, he's their manager now, which is absolutely crazy. Dusty's the Astros manager. <laughs> God. Isn't it wild, like, with everything that has happened, just how much stuff you've forgotten? Yeah, like God, Madison Bumgarner's going to be a Diamondback? Forgot that. Yep, 100% yeah, I, forgot I was, that. Yeah. I was watching Game Five of the 2014 NLCS the other day, and I was like, "Mad Bum's not going to be a giant. It's going to be so weird watching him go out in those ugly Diamondback uniforms." They changed them, though. Okay, are those Diamondback uniforms the worst ever? The 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 maroon ones, the ones that have like the weird like snakeskin on them. Like those are just. I think that's top one of They're worst terrible. uniforms ever. Those things are awful. Anyway, Reed, what were you saying? Who's your favorite uniform in the MLB? Now that we're getting off topic. I really like the Padres. I love the Padres uniforms. That's such a bad answer. Dude, their their little their camo ones, those are sick. You like digi camo, don't you? You're a digital camo guy. Not really. Um, I just like theirs. I, I like their I like their throwback colors too, which is weird because anytime you put brown and yellow together, it usually doesn't go well. But for some reason, I just like theirs. But then again, I, I'm a big Tatis guy, so that that may be part of it. So, am I allowed to say the, the thing Brewers? about? Am I allowed to... Yeah, 
Why wouldn't you? I think the Brewers are are, are up there. I I just like their I like their new look with the with the new school colors, but the old school logo and stuff. I think that I think they're in the running for sure. The thing about the MLB is the the newer franchises. So anyone from the expansion era that started '68 on, they actually get to play with their uniforms a little bit. All the old teams, for the most part, they stick to the tried and true. Like like almost every single old team, they just have their their two uniforms. They might get a different alternate every now and then, and that's just how it is. So like the Padres, the Brewers, the Diamondbacks, the Marlins. Uh, even the Mariners and stuff like that, they can they can toy with their uniforms a little bit, which you just never will see much different with the Cubs. The Reds actually somewhat change their uniforms every now and then, but they're all still pretty yeah. basic. The Cubs, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the, their jer- their jerseys are set in stone. Which which uh, this might be a hot take for the Cubs jerseys. I hate the the blue alternates. I don't like them. Oh, me too. I don't like them either. What's wrong with the blue alternate? Let's get into it. I think they're just too too plain, and like if you're gonna be plain, they better look historic. You know, like they better like be. It, it, it is somewhere in between being plain and not old enough to earn my respect. Like it's just there's there's just nothing to them. Don't yeah, they, they just they have look the like C on it? BP jerseys. Yeah, they just have like the the little C on it with the baby cub, right? <laughs> Correct. No number on the front or anything. No. Just one one patch on the on the chest. Yep. In the National League patch on the arm. Are we aware of the new Reds alternate? They no longer have the the old red alternate. They have a script Reds like the BP tops they had. That's their alternate now. Did you know that? Is that is that a fan? Are you a fan of that? No, it looks disgusting. I wish the Reds would change their uniforms. I've been wanting them to change their uniforms for like five years. They're gross. The old uniforms with with the – I hope I get this right. I know if I get it wrong, you're going to rip me. But I'm pretty sure it was it was basically white and then had like the black sleeves with red pinstripes, I think. The Do you vest. know what I'm talking about? The vest. Yeah, the, the away vest. Yes. The vests are awesome. I love the vest. Why don't more teams use vests? Bring the vest back. Yes, I agree. See yes, this this is this is this is where I chime in because I hate baseball vests. I hate <laughs> the idea of vest. I need I need That's sleeves. all the time we have for today. Th- <laughs> thank you Reed for coming on. Um <laughs> You 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 there's something to say about a vest. Like there's something classic about a vest. Like the the Rockies still do it and they look sick. You know, last year the the Reds did all their jerseys like they wore a bunch of different jerseys like every week, and they did the 1950s jerseys in honor of like Ted Klazuski, and they were vests, like they were sleeveless they were sleeveless jerseys. They did actually they, they weren't even they they were sleeveless jerseys. And they don't wear anything underneath, and that is wrong. The jerseys <laughs> that those red that that Reds team wore they had sleeves. Ted Klazuski just ripped them off. So historically, <laughs> the Reds got that one wrong. They did get that one wrong, but you have to honor you have to honor Ted there. Okay, on that, I don't like Derek Dietrich or Michael Lorenzen specifically for them not wearing sleeves, like and then doing curls in the dugout and stuff. I'm I am officially <laughs> out on both of those guys after watching that. Puig, it was one thing. Puig's a little bit established, but those guys, come on now. Do y'all know why the Reds changed uniforms so many times last year? 
It was to honor like the yeah, was, past. Yeah, it's like to honor yeah, 150, 150 yeah, like years honor since the they past. started. I was just gonna say because you know when you're that bad, the only way to get eyes is to do different things. You know, whereas like you know if you're good and you're a playoff team, then you know you don't have to do all those gimmicks or whatever. You know. Yeah, but there can only be one first professional team, so we'll we'll take that. <laughs> which we which we've never talked about is that kind of cheating. Like I don't know what the league was like around then, but can you imagine like playing in 1869, playing in the league, and one team is just paying their players? <laughs> like I, I, I feel like that that just feels kind of shitty. The other, yeah, the other guys are working at uh, working at the milk stand, and and these guys are getting paid to play. I mean, they're working in the the fabric factory or the 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 meat packing plant, and like coming out with like a coal face, like their whole face is just like smoked up and 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 and, and brown, and the other guys are just coming on out on the field, and they're just getting paid to do it. Like that's shitty. Yeah, I mean, that's just Reds baseball, though. I mean, that's just the, the model of excellence that we continue to to see in the Queen City here year in and year out. That's funny. Okay, back to the baseball thing at hand. So I want your opinion, Reed, on Bryce Harper's proposal. Because I like it. I think that, you know, the money thing isn't as big of an issue if they play more games. And, you know, I believe his model gave him 120 games to play. So just what do you think about, you know, Bryce Harper's whole thing? So how do they fit 120 games in? I think his proposal was – it was – have have you seen what all he said? It's been a while since I've looked at it. No, I have not. I'm, I have not. I remember oh, saying man. something, but I, I got it. Right it's I'll, wild. I'll go through it here for you, Reed. Uh, he says East West, just like the NBA. Um, July thirty one days, August thirty one days, September thirty one days or thirty days, October thirty one days, November fifteen days. One hundred and thirty five games. Off day every two weeks on a Monday and Sunday, a doubleheader seven-inning game. 30 players, six-man rotation, infield pitchers, if pitchers wanted this, if not, no big deal, DH and other ideas possible. And then he lays out a playoff style, which is basically like the College World Series. You see, that's... I. That's too many you're games, playing, right? How, how long would a play- Yeah, too many games. I, I would, uh, honestly, I'd rather see 80 games and them still playing in the postseason, like some, them still playing in October, than see 130 games and then playing into December. That's too many games. And I get that, you're going to get a short amount of time, though, for sure. Correct. Time, for I mean, sure. Pl- players already bitch about how they don't get enough off days. So can you imagine cramming 130 games into four months? Yeah. Just playing every single day? That'd be crazy. What do you think about that proposal of a College World Series like uh, like playoff, but having like the 80-something game schedule? Or do you think the point of the 80, 80-something game schedule is to still have the playoffs on track as scheduled? The 80-game proposal, I, I feel like that's the whole thing. And the College World Series is awesome in itself, but – it does. I don't think it works at the MLB level because the whole point of you know the long MLB season and then the the series that that partake in the in the postseason is it's it's a game of stamina. It's a game of you know who who can outlast, who can figure it out, and who who has the pitching. When you're when you're playing the College World Series playoff, 
all of that kind of throws out the door. It'd be exciting. I guess, I guess, I guess that, that is a different is it adds a whole different twist to it, but maybe I'm just being grumpy and wanting it just the way it was. That's see, that's, I like, I like the MLB. Yeah, that's how I was too. I, the way I explained it when we talked about it at first, Jonathan, I, I know you remember, but I, I'll, I'll give Reed a little refresher here. I said the reason why uh, I, I like the, the long season and, and all that stuff is because normally in a 162-game season, the cream rises to the top, right? Like the best teams after 162 games are usually um, very prevalent and they usually win their division and there's not a lot of there's not a lot you can say after that big of a sample size. I think with an 80-something game schedule, you could see some shakeups. Like it only takes one team to get hot for a month and they're right in the thick of things. Now, if it was a full season, that that big hot streak might not matter as much. But I think with a shortened season, we could see some shakeups in the divisions and, and in the playoff races. Yeah, just like last year, the if if it's an eighty-two game season, the the Nationals don't make the postseason. Right. That's that's what I'm. That's kind of along the lines of what I'm saying, right? So yeah, it's just it's going to be interesting just to see. You got to figure it out quicker. Like those those, it's going to be interesting on an eighty-two game season to see slumps and stuff like that. How how much of a toll? Because in you know in the past, if you're struggling, if, if Joey Votto, we've seen this from Joey Votto. You're 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 a Reds fan, and I obviously am around Cincinnati for a few seasons in a row. He he struggled in the first half consistently, like yeah. mightily, and then had yeah. an almost a superhuman second half. And the Reds are contenders this year for the NL Central. So if if Joey Votto, he, he can't wait till July to figure it out. Like he's like, and that's going to add a different paradigm shift. But you're you're absolutely right. It's going to be interesting to see if those teams that take a spark. If you remember last year, the Mariners were in first place through forty something games, and they ended up I think finishing last in the AL West. They were like thirty games back from it's, the division. It's, they were like- <laughs> To end the season. <laughs> yeah, like in and they were in first place till mid May to late May. So it, it is interesting to see it, it's it's a shorter season, it's a stretch, not it's a sprint, not a not a marathon anymore. And to, to see this, I know a guy that, that proposes that the MLB should do this more often that there's two half seasons and you can make the postseason just by playing one really good half. Like the minors? Just to make it yeah, just and that would just make it so that there's more pennant races. That's all that would do. But yeah, I'm for I'm for the shortened season. I I don't dislike Bryce Harper's proposal. I just don't like it. Catch my drift. You don't dislike it, but you don't like it. You're lukewarm on it's it. It's not as good as You're the 82 game it. season. Now, Jay Smith is a big fan of this proposal. He if it was up to him, it would already be signed on the dotted line. What are your positives of this, Jason? Just, like, what what do you like about it? I mean, we we've talked. I think that just in terms of money and making everybody happy, in terms of owners making their money and us playing payer paying players, I just think that to get to where both sides want to be, I just think it's really hard to do that with only eighty two games. That's that's why I like the idea of playing. You know, at least a hundred, just because. The extra revenue makes it a little bit easier for two sides to kind of find a middle ground in terms of how much money goes where and everything. That and just the idea of a six-man rotation, I I like that idea because I think that we get to see some older guys come back for another year. I know we talked about, you know, Bartol Cologne when to come back. 
that's honestly a big driving factor. I just want to see Bartolo Colon play again, <laughs> and I know he will if, if there's a six-man rotation. The thing about the the 130-game season is that it's going to be harder to negotiate because I'm going to tell you right now that the players are going to want their full pay at that point. If they're gonna if they're gonna play 130 games with no breaks over a four four month five month stretch, then they're gonna want to be paid fully compensated. And that's, that's fair. For them. That's a good point. Oh, definitely, yeah. But then again, I think that you know that's a more doable thing if they play 130 games. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it would be easier for the owners to say, "Okay, we'll give you your full." If we're only cutting like 30 something games off the schedule, and you guys are playing. 20 something days in a row or whatever like I think they would be okay with with giving them their full salary if if they committed to something like that. I just don't see it working logistically and, and it being a safe environment if you're if you're playing that many games in a row. I think you'll see especially with the layoff now, I think you'll see arm injuries and and a bunch of stuff like that 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 is a causation of of cramming a bunch of games in right away. Yeah, that's that's a good point as well. What a, can we go back to my idea on just shaving series? So like every four game series that you have, you make it three. Every three game, you make it two. So on and so forth. Because I think that we'd get more than eighty two games, and if we just did that as well, we'd probably have around one ten probably. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I, like I said, I really like that idea. It's just how I don't. It would just depend on on the off days and the rest days. Like, would you make that? what would be a third game, a, a travel day, or would you have to still play back-to-backs to, to cover the full season? That's the only thing I would say about it. You know, like, it, it'd be one thing if you're cutting series and then those days are, are travel days, but it, would it just create the same problem of constant travel and cramming games in? Yeah. I mean, one, one idea that, I, that I've, I've seen is uh, to, to give them more off days is every Saturday you do a double header, and on that double header, each team's allowed bringing up two guys from the minors. So you just expand it, and that's just could be what it is. And then they get Sunday off, and that would give them more off days. It'd cram in more games, and if and if there is like say maybe maybe not every team gets Sunday off. Maybe there's three marquee Sunday games. Like there's a day game, a, a day game, early afternoon game an afternoon game, and then a night game that's all nationally televised, just back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, help grow the brand a little bit. And if, if, you want to, if, if you're worried about giving them rest, because they are going to be going in without much training. I know they, they do training in the offseason, but they didn't have a full spring training. So to avoid those arm injuries and avoid injuries from players, give them Sunday off. Do the doubleheader on Saturday. And like you already said, 30-man 30 30 rosters, up the, up the roster a little bit. To allow this to happen, I don't know if players and or and, and uh, coaches, managers, owners would go for it. But as a fan, I'm cool with doubleheaders every Saturday. Yeah, I, the the doubleheader thing, I, I like that, especially if they're only playing seven instead of two nines. Because two nines, man, that's just that's a lot of baseball to play in a day. So I don't think that the two. I like the two seven idea. And then again, like you know, the the more baseball, the better, I guess, right? Yeah, something's gonna have to change. Like something, there's gonna be something different about this season once they get it going. Like, we're speculating, obviously, on things that we would like to see and things that we would think would work. But who knows what they're going to come up with. But I think we can all agree that something is going to be different about uh, the Major League Baseball season this year, whether it's scheduling or playoff format or 
the number of games, obviously. Like, there, there's going to be a shakeup somehow, and it's going to be different than what we've seen. Uh, but I think, I think you definitely still have to just keep the postseason the way it is, at least. You can make all the changes to the regular season and all that, but I think you have to maintain the integrity of the postseason first and foremost, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that that's fair because that's, that's why we play the regular season, right, to get to the postseason and kind of see how all that pans out. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that that's true. And I, I think I don't think that they, they do anything to the playoff format. I think it's the same, you know, five-game division series, seven-game NLCS and World Series. So, yeah, I, I don't think that they really, they really do much with the playoffs. It's just the question of how long is the regular season going to be and how much are these guys going to get paid. Reed, one more question for you real quick before we get you out of here. What are your predictions for the NL Central? Cubs, Reds, Cardinals, Brewers, Pirates. No homer in that? No bias? You actually think the Cubs are going to take the division? I think the Cubs got a new manager. They're hungry. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, I'm just saying that. There's definitely bias there. Like I don't, I don't. It's a, it's a, four, it's a four team race, and I think that the Reds and the Cubs are the most primed to do it. And I, I gotta be honest, I've been, I've been seeing these simulators that have been, you know, MLB's been doing one, Baseball Reference has been doing simulators for the season, and the, and the Cubs are in like dead last in the NL Central, in like almost every single one, and that, that grinds my gears a little bit. But I really do. I think it's gonna be a pennant race down, all the way down the wire. The only thing that, that would be better is if two NL Central teams make the wild card and it's the Reds and the Cubs and they go one wild card game at GABP. That'd be awesome. Now, you know what happens when we go to Cincinnati sports events. Uh, we are we, we have more fun than everybody else that is in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, well – Reed, it's been a pleasure, man. I loved having you on here. You're a dear and dear friend to me. I really do appreciate it, brother. Um, I thought you did great. I'm glad you me came too. on. Me uh, too. Really enjoyed having you on. Um, you did, like you said, you did great. We're definitely, we're definitely gonna have to have you on again to talk more baseball at some point. All right, I'll talk baseball. I just don't, don't talk anything else because I don't know anything else about any <laughs> other sport except for the who days. I, the, the, the Bengals are, are it. And I also know a thing or two about Arkansas football. That- Oh, there we go. That's really really all you got to (laughs) know. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, man. I feed propaganda to Reed. Yep. Thanks, Reed. All right. We are back here on OT Takes. Um, Big shout out again to Reed Mouse. He was great. We're so glad he came on. We're definitely going to have to have him on again in the future. So now we're going to get into some basketball and kind of what the NBA is talking about doing in terms of their comeback. And, man, I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, I, I think it I think we're at a point right now where we can feel it. Sports are almost back. Definitely. So have you heard the rumors about the World Cup style playoff that the NBA is considering having? I have heard these rumors. You are excited about these rumors, and you have I guess some interesting opinions on this, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it. Okay, so I think that you know the NBA is going to take advantage of this opportunity and try some things that they wanted to try, and this is a fantastic idea. So for those of y'all who haven't heard, so they want to do it just like the World Cup. So they'll have four different groups where they do pool play with five teams in each group. Top two teams in each pool will advance, okay? So I have 
the top 20 teams written down here on my sheet of paper. And so the four one seeds are going to be the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, and Clippers in that order. And then from there, they want this is what they want to do right now. I think it's going to change, though. They want to just randomly draw names and put them into each pool, which I don't like. I don't think that's really fair to these to these one seeds. So what I think they're probably going to end up doing is they'll assign the top seed and the bottom seed to each pool. Okay, so so the Bucks will be locked in a pool with the with the Suns, who who are the twentieth seed. The Lakers will be locked in with the Kings, Raptors with the Pelicans, and the Clippers with the Trailblazers, because th- those are the four bottom seeds. And then they'll just randomly draw for the rest of them. So what do you think, kind of, about that idea? And then we'll get into my ideas. Now, if I'm playing NBA 2K and they give this option to me in my my franchise mode, you better believe I'm taking it. But there's oh, no just doubt. something. You, you know me, though. You know me. And I think some of our listeners know. I like, I like the way things have been. I like the playoff structure. I like all of the playoff structures. I don't ever want to see them change. But this is a unique situation, obviously. And so I think I could let it slide this year if something like that happened. I think it'd be fun to watch for one year. So I really like the idea if I'm playing 2K, not so much in real life, but under the circumstances, I think it'll, I think it'll be a really fun way to enjoy basketball when sports are back. 100%. I I like the idea too. I'm I'm look, if it goes well, I wouldn't mind them doing it full time. Just from an entertainment standpoint, I think it'd be more entertaining. And there I think there's there's definitely some holes in terms of top seeds not getting the advantage that they deserve. So I've got some ideas to fill that if you're ready for them. I am. So I think that so let's just start over so I think that next year okay so let's say that that this goes well okay I think next year they should cut the season from 82 games down to 58 you play every team twice because you know if, if they keep the format now where they play 82 and you know and you're in the east you know and you get to play the I don't know the the wizards four times a year and the Lakers only get to play them twice that's not really fair so I think that they 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 cut the season down down to fifty eight games. You play everybody twice. From there, you take the, the top twenty teams, and I say twenty. I know that's a lot, but I think it should be twenty because, you know, let's say that you know the Lakers, you know they they start hot, they win fifteen games, right? LeBron r- rolls his ankle and misses you know two weeks of the season. You know he's out for you know ten eleven games, and they go like three and seven, right? So I think that you know Puts it in a still bad allows spot. yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that, you know, with 20 teams, you know, you get in, you know, the guys that you want to see. It also gives us the opportunity to see rookies who are on bad teams and kind of how they perform in the playoffs. So, like, like in this set, like, we get to see John Morant, who people love, and we get to see Zion as well, right? So they're going to get more eyes to the TV to kind of see these young rookies. So that that's why I like 20. So the top four teams host, okay? So you know how this year they're, they're planning on doing the thing down, down at Disney World for every team? So I think right. that you take you take the same idea and you let these top four teams host, right? So like so the Bucks would host a regional basically, the Lakers would host one, the Raptors would host one, and the Clippers would host one, because that that gives them home court advantage for every game th- that they play for for all all eight games. How would that work at the Staples Center though? They would just so I don't also think that each pool should have their own day to play. That way, like all eyes are on them, right? And that also gives teams enough teams enough time to rest 
right? So like it's so like every so like on Monday, you know, the Lakers pool would play. On Tuesday, the Bucks pool would play. Wednesday, the Raptors. Thursday, the Clippers, and then Friday, the Lakers pool would all play again. Okay. And then. So it's kind of a expanded. It's not a. It's not a. Let's get this done thing. It's like a event. Like we'll wait. Like like we'll wait it out. Yes. We'll get. Like the World Cup. Exactly. Like literally. Exactly like. like, Exactly like the World Cup. And here's where it gets interesting, right? I think that the teams who host your top four seeds should get to draft and pick who who is in their pool. Whoa. Yeah. Because like 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 we were saying, like let's say you know the Lakers, LeBron gets hurt, they end up as like a 16 seed, right? And all of a sudden, you know the Clippers are locked in with you know one of the top four teams in the NBA in their pool, right? Whereas you know if you draft, you can be like, okay, LeBron's back. The the, the Lakers are clearly better than a 16 seed, so we can draft them later. I like that. I like that. I think it gives you an incentive there to. To get your pick, you know, like that who and, you want. You know, having the fifty-eight game season, yeah, exactly. And then it opens all sorts of doors for trash talk. Like, like let's say you know, like the Lakers end up picking like, I don't know, the, the Mavericks in like the second round, and the Mavericks come out and they they beat them twice, and they knock them out. Like, like I just think that it opens so many doors for entertainment and stuff for us to talk about, and I just think that it'd be really cool. Um, in addition. I like the idea of a 58-game season because every game then matters and you don't have guys like Kawhi Leonard taking, you know, 25 games off. It makes guys play every game. And you still get a lot of games, right? So you, you play the 58 and then you would play eight in your pool because I'm thinking that you'd play everybody twice. and that So that's another eight games that, that, that gets you to 66, which I know that gets – do math real quick. 16 games less than 82. But at the same time, I think that, you know, you're going to have more fans show up because you know guys are going to play hard every night. So I think attendance would actually go up because of that. And you can also push the season back a little bit so that you're not overlapping with football. Because that's why, like, some of these bigger cities like Atlanta don't have big attendance during the start of the year because they're all watching the Falcons play. Would you start it around Christmas? You push the season back a little bit. Yeah, I like the idea of starting on Christmas Day because that's kind of the NBA's day anyway. So let's start it on Christmas, have, you know, your – five or six games play that day and then everybody who doesn't play Christmas Day starts the day after. Yeah. Real I mean I I know that you did a lot of research on this and I I usually can can pick a hole in this but this is this is good stuff, Jay Smith. You're you're doing really well on this proposal here. I think that fans would absolutely love it. You need Adam Silver on the line. I do need Adam Silver on the line. Oh, and here's the best part. So we know. So after you win your pool, you go to just just an eighteen eighteen normal bracket seven game series. So you still get your your traditional NBA playoff, which I, which is definitely a good system. I really like. Obviously, it works, you know. And yeah, so I think that you know this kind of gives it a March Madness feel kind of to it because there's the possibility for an upset, even though you play eight games, the cream's gonna rise to the top, especially in basketball. So, like, your best teams are still going to get in. You get to see these young players. I think it really kind of pleases everybody. And we no longer call it the NBA Finals. We call this the David Stern Cup to honor the former NBA commissioner who passed earlier this year. Ooh, I like that. That's a good call. I think you – man, you really thought this one through, huh? 
I'm all in on this. I heard the idea, listened to another podcast, and I was like, okay, we got to take this to the next level. So, yeah. I wasn't sure how I was going to like it, but you presented solid, solid points, and I'm all in. Really? So you're just – see, I, I think that a big, a big part of what's going to get a lot of people who kind of have the same stance as you is the idea of still having the traditional playoff after the pool. Yeah, I like that. I just think there's something about – I don't know if LeBron. I know I'm thinking about LeBron here, but if LeBron goes and wins one of those, it's gonna, it's gonna be like, well, he didn't have to grind through three seven game series, like you know what I mean? Like it's gonna be, that's all we're gonna hear if he wins. Uh, if it, if they change to this and he starts winning more, I think that's fair. But at the same time, you don't have the oh well, he didn't play anybody, right? Because you know he's probably gonna be stuck in a pool with a team like the Celtics or the Nuggets, right? So he's got to be those teams. And then we'll, I think that you reseed after the pool play. So, like, let's say that, you know, the Bucks you know, have a catastrophe and they collapse or whatever and the Lakers get through. The Lakers w- would be the new one seed, right? So there you're playing, let's say that everything else kind of falls in order. There, you know, you're playing the, the team that would usually, the, the, you know, a sev- the seventh team overall in the NBA, not just like the seventh team in the East. Because you know, if it's the seventh team in the East, you know, you're playing the Nets in the first round. But if it's the 17th overall then it's the Jazz, which there's a huge leap there. So I think that the overall level of competition that he has to play would be higher. So I don't think people could really make that argument. That's fair. I did, I guess I guess you're right, but I think there's something to say about grinding through like those that Eastern Conference or Western Conference side and then playing a team in the finals. I don't know. I just I, think there's it's it's more valid that way in, in some people's eyes. I think I, I guess that's fair. Let's let's think here. So you play your opening round, your conference semifinal, your conference final, and then the finals, right? Yeah. So here would be pool play, one versus eight, one seed versus eight seed, one seed versus four seed, NBA finals. So I mean, it's still four rounds. Whereas you know, in the first round, look, with the one seed plays the eight seed, it's a it's a four game sweep. You may get five games. Whereas the pool play, you're going to get eight. So I think that, if anything, I feel like it could possibly be more of a grind, especially if you draw, you know, a, a tough pool. That's fair. Yeah, I guess I guess I would have to see it laid out, you know. Like, I'm in on it for this year, like I said. I, I'm i just not into change when it comes to playoff formats. So, like, I'm really trying to get behind it here. But there's something in the back of my head that just keeps saying, like, traditional playoff set <laughs> series. Like, this is how it should be done, you know. Yeah, which is fair. It's, look. If they don't change it, I'm not going to be upset. You know, the current set clearly works. I just think that in terms of getting eyes and people to watch, because let's be honest, man, I'm not going to watch very much of the 1 verse 8, 2 verse 7, and 3 verse 6 series. I'm just not, because it's they're, gonna, they're not going to be close. Most are four-game sweeps. And so, I, like, the only series I really watch in the first round is the four is the four versus the five. And most people don't watch that because you don't have your big names, and those are two very average teams that play. So that I just think that in terms of, like, if the NBA wants to make more money and they want to have more eyes on their playoffs, I think that this would be a really good route. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just have to to wait and see. I think the NHL set a, a, a decent precedent on how uh, seasons will continue. I expect the NBA – uh, to do something similar with obviously their own twist, uh, but it's exciting to to talk about this stuff, knowing that it's it's on the horizon. Yeah, it, it is. I'm I'm excited for it. Um, 
Oh, big news in college football. I know I just kind of switched gears in the middle of something, but Pac-12 has announced that their football teams will start practice June 15th. So all five power conferences, all five power five conferences will be playing football this year. That's huge. Now I heard, uh, I, I listen to a lot of college football podcasts. Um, there, there's some grumblings that it'll only be conference games in the regular season. That's interesting because so some of those non-conference games will get cut out. The eighty at Arkansas came out and said, but what does it really change though? Yeah, the eighty at Arkansas came out and said that. They plan on playing all 12, so they plan on having Nevada at Arkansas September 5th, and they plan on being up at Notre Dame September 12th. They play Notre Dame this year? Yes, they do. Yikes, you guys are going to get destroyed. Notre Dame's always overrated, so I'm optimistic. Please don't ruin my optimism. <laughs> it's not going to go – they might start the season 0-3. They might lose all of their non-conference. <laughs> we'll beat Nevada. We better. If not, I'm Dude, stuck I think watching Nevada. Wake Forest play I, NC State. They lost to they lost to San Jose State. I think I've said that a couple times at home. So I'm not too. I'm not. I don't have a bunch of confidence that they can defend. They can defend their own turf against the Wolfpack of Nevada. <laughs> we'll be fine. We. I think we're going to be much improved this year. I hope. I mean, then again, we can only go up. So we'll see. Well, is that it? Do we have anything else? I don't, unless you have another, unless you have a hot take that you want to propose. I'm just excited for for sports to come back, man. I can't wait to watch a game and then get on here and discuss it. Like, I yeah. know we keep saying that, but it, we are you. We have private conversations to like before the shows and, and during the week, and we are yearning for live Chomping sports action. At the bit. Uh, we. We want it so badly because we can only talk about uh, hypotheticals and and crazy wild playoff formats for so long before we go crazy. We we need live sports soon. Honestly, I'll watch soccer at this point. Like I will watch anything that comes around. I think that's I think I, I think that's my limit. I will not watch soccer. <laughs> no offense <laughs> to our soccer fans, but. That's why you don't like the World Cup format. You just don't like soccer. That's, that's I like what that the is. World Cup. I like the World Cup. The World Cup is is different. I just I don't know. Shout out to yeah. so- soccer, I guess. I I don't know, but yeah. So let's get down to business here. We're gonna ask our listeners something uh, here real quick. Okay. Um, one, Jonathan, one quick would you thing. like to explain it? Okay. One quick thing before I explain. I wanted to make this take with Reed on. I didn't quite have the opportunity. So here's a bold prediction for the baseball season. You ready? Yes. If we play 82 games, there will be at least two players to bat 400. I like that. I think that's definitely. I think that's definitely a possibility. And if I had to but make also, bets on who they were, I would say Christian Yelich. That's gonna be my pick. And I really want to pick Bellinger, but I think he kind of slides after this last year. So I'm gonna go Mike Trout. He's not an he is an average guy, but he is not like a high average guy. He's a slugger. Yeah, I can see I just, it, but I I've got a feeling. Do you think anyone hits 40 home runs in an 82 game season? Yes. If I had to bet on anybody, I'm gonna stay at home Trout. on this one and say Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> this has been the podcast, folks. Uh, this will be my last one. <laughs> 
but if I said Joey Votto, you'd have been like, yeah, that'll happen. Joey Votto is never sniffing 40 home runs again. Sadly. I I, I do like Joey Votto. I, I, I like Joey Votto. But that's okay. Yeah, All right. But... Back to the thing. So, man, I feel really awkward asking for this. But it, it's it's not that big a deal. Okay, so. Fine. Uh, here, I'll do this here. Okay. Hey, so, we're trying we're trying to build something here. We're having fun with this, but we also want we also want people to listen. That's why we do it. We don't we don't just put it on online and and tell people to to listen to it and, and have a Twitter and stuff just for the fun of it. We obviously we're proud of our work. We want as many people as possible to hear this. So we really if you guys could if you guys could just leave a review uh, on on your Apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Just rate it and review it and and tell us what you think. Honest review for us. We'd, we'd love to know how to get better. Love to know uh, what you guys think. And it also helps us just get more reach, you know. So if you guys if you guys rate and review, there's a chance we could uh, we could reach more people and more people that we don't know or or people that just want to to listen to a new podcast. We'd be able to reach them. We'd have we, the algorithm would allow us to be uh, shown in different areas on the podcast app. And we just, that's what we want. We put a lot of work into this. We talk about a lot of stuff and we, and we just, we really just want a little more reach. So if you could just rate and review. Very well said that. And just, you know, I know we joke around about being the greatest podcast ever, but I really do think that we put out some really quality content and, you know, like Zach said, we just, we'd like to reach more people. I've been looking and I don't know who's been listening in California, but shout out to you. Cause I don't know anybody who lives out there. But the person who's been listening to California, shout out to you. You're cool. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm not sure on the numbers or anything like that. I'm At this point, me and him aren't – me and Jonathan aren't too concerned with, like, numbers per se. But we – would you say we put a lot of effort into this? Like, this is something that we take very seriously. But we also have fun. But we do take this serious, and we don't just put it out for no reason. Like yeah, we, there's, we wanna, there's a lot we, of – We want to be heard. Exactly, yeah. Like, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that I do in terms of, like, editing and all that, and it's it's a lot, you know? And, um, you know, we, we like Zach said, we, like, we really appreciate it if you guys would drop a review on wherever you get your podcasts. And, yeah, so there you go. I want to I wanna thank Reed again. Uh, you can follow Reed at Reed Mouse Radio uh, on Twitter. Uh, he, he covers local uh, Cincinnati sports uh, around the area, uh, and he does a great job. He has he works for his own uh, little company there, Chatterbox Sports. Um, so give him a follow. Um, he's got some good content. He'll, I'm sure he'll be on again. Uh, it sounded like he really enjoyed it. He's one of my good friends. So, um, yeah, thanks, Reed, for, for coming on. That was our first guest as, as co-host there. So obviously we'll have to work out some technical kinks and stuff like that. But for the most part, I think I think Reed was awesome. Yeah, he was great. Great call bringing him on, dude. He was great. Like you said, we're definitely going to have him on again. So he was he was awesome, man. He You could tell he really knew his stuff. So thank you, Reed, for coming on. Like Zach said, go follow him on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, we have a Twitter. <laughs> uh, it's we at do. OT Takes. Yeah, we do, man. It's brand new. So uh, it's there's at a, OT I heard, Takes. I heard there's a video of one of our co-hosts. Taking a taking a nice little sixty yard interception return. <laughs> I could be wrong though. I I think somebody deleted it, man. I'm honestly not sure. 
Dude, you can't tell me I didn't put a mean stiff arm at, on that dude around the 15-yard line. You did. I don't it care. Was good, man. I was in sixth grade. I was in sixth grade, and I marshawned him. That's – oh, man. I still can't believe you put that on there. It's great, though. I think it's nice. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so please, you know, go go follow our Twitter. We upload, you know, links to the podcast on there. Um, put out other, you know, like polls and different things like that just – it's really just an opportunity for us to engage with, with you guys, you know, the listeners. So make sure, you know, you go and you give us a follow on there. So that's all I got. Zach, you, you got anything else? I'm good, man. All right. Um, you know, this has been Overtime Takes. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you all on Tuesday with another Top 10 Tuesday. Love you guys.